Hello and welcome again to the Cycling Dads podcast. I am Aaron Thomas Smith, joined as always with Devin Palmer, Remax Results. Now, Aaron, can I just, as I'm introducing myself, I have a very important point to make. May I proceed? Sure. Aaron, on this show, and you're the creative and executive director of this podcast, you know, you always give me the direction like, hey, be a little more challenging, push, 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 make mean jokes, you know, make snappy comments. You know, really at heart, I'm a, I'm a simple, sweethearted fellow. Uh-huh. And you as creative director have always guided me like you have to be the heel. Okay. So I've been the heel character, and that is a character I play on the show. And okay. That's not genuinely me by any means. I am just a sweet puppy dog. Yes. Okay. So when I say Devin Palmer Remax results and I'm doing my self-promotion, I want I want our listeners, both of them, to know I'm actually a real puppy dog. I'm a nice guy. I'm not the heel that you hear on this show. That's just a character. It's like where it's like a soap opera. This is genuinely, I'm a hundred percent not ever gonna make a snippy comment. Welcome again to the Cycling Dads Podcast, the podcast for dads who ride. I am once again Aaron Thomas Smith, and that was Devin uh, trying to inform you that I am actually the mastermind of his current radio persona, uh, which is true, 100% true. Uh, Devin, how, <laughs> now that you've gotten that off your chest, which thank you what a for sharing that with our with our two listeners, who, by the way, happen to be both of our wives, Um what uh my wife definitely does not listen to this and neither should she <laughs> what what's your what's your training going like buddy the weather is changing uh, okay well hang on let me sorry i have to get back in my heel character here got it got it <clears throat> well aaron as you know the weather is rapidly changing and i did my first ride outside Okay. You did. Outdoors, not on the rollers, on the roads. And guess what? Uh, what? You're in for a real treat when we get together to ride, bud. <laughs> Things are going to go really well for you. <laughs> this this ride that I did, you know, feeling what I felt, um, I, it bolstered my confidence that you, you, Aaron, are the alpha dog and that I am the one who's really in trouble when we uh, – when we go for our challenge ride. This, this seems to be uh, sarcastic in nature. Not one bit. Puppy okay. dog. Now, Puppy Aaron, dog. you have also ridden outside? I have not. Oh, okay. No, I have not ridden outside. I uh, uh, am in week two of the four-week kind of Zwift training plan that I have going on. And, um, I'm kind of fending off inquiries to go on rides outside. Um, sorry, friends. Uh, I would, I would like to, but I'm really trying to stick to this thing for the whole bit of it, uh, and, and keep my, my TSS correct and all, all of that. So it's been, it's been good. Uh, the fasting is going really well. Uh, it, I've, I'm settling into what I call the groove where, uh, days when I'm fasting, I'm, I'm looking forward to them. They're, they're really nice. Actually, they're kind of nice breaks and days when I'm not fasting, I'm not like concerned that I'm not eating enough calories. So, um, both of those are, are really working out well for me. I'm excited about that, but seeing you ride outside, I got to admit, it hurt a little bit, hurt a little bit just from a I want to get out there. It's so nice now in Minnesota, which for those of our listeners who are not in Minnesota, nice in Minnesota means, what was it, like 36, 45, de- 45. 45 degrees, yeah. 
45 degrees, there's still sand, there's still snow, there's ice on the roads, and everyone's getting their road bikes out. So that's what nice in Minnesota means, by the way. <laughs> um, but Devin, this week, uh, I am, I, I, and I say this a million times on the actual interview, so I don't want to blow it up too much, but we have, uh, we have Rich Sherman. My friend Rich, yep, we got him. My best friend Rich Sherman is on the cast, and and we he is the the manager, uh, kind of the purveyor of Now Bikes and Fitness in St. Paul. Uh, uh, gets gets the job done, just all around, kind of in in the in the zone guy. And he this was a, a, a such a fun conversation for me. I we've had a lot of great conversations on this cast, um, but Rich, I think, kind of took it to another level. What do you what do you think? I really do agree with you, and I think it's nice, you know, when I bring in the guest because I got my friend Rich to come on. Look at how dynamic the conversation is. You know, I'm not saying your people are flat and one dimensional. Not saying that, but I'm saying Rich was really dynamic, and it was a great, great talk and a great episode. Yes, I'm. You know, I think without further ado, we should just get right into it. Um, but uh, you folks, you got to stick around to the very end because things get a little testy uh, with uh, Devin's heel character. So uh, uh, please, just a character. I'm a I'm a service oriented pro- sales professional who is to be trusted. To be trusted. Anyways, take a listen. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Cycling Dads Podcast. I am once again Aaron Thomas-Smith, your host, joined as always with... Devin Palmer, Remax Results. And Devin, today we have... I We've had a run of guests that have been very much from your side of the family, we'll say, right? I've been I, I've enjoyed every one of them. But today we have, I would say, uh, uh, from a very close uh, a friend of mine, Mr. R- uh, Richard Sherman... From now well, Aaron, I'm going to go ahead and let's just start the episode with a quick correction. Because if this were a wedding, okay, okay, Rich would be very much sitting on my side of the okay. aisle. He's my that's, guy. Rich is that's my guy. Incorrect. Rich okay. Rich might be best man, okay? And Brandon Krawcheck was my <laughs> actual best man, but Rich might have, because Brandon went to Tennessee. But anyways, yeah. Rich Sherman is on the cast. I am so excited about this. Rich is uh, the uh, the owner of no. Nail Bikes? No. No, but you're no, you're running manager. the show. You're running the show I, over there. I'm the store manager of the St. Paul location and a buyer for the company. Yes. Yes. So yes, we're doing. And you some said fun manager stuff. or assistant to the manager? Store manager, assistant mm-hmm. to the owner. Okay. The oh, okay. Yeah. So you're an, you're a bit of an executive assistant at Now Bikes in St. Paul. I'd like to think so. And we <laughs> would find you just south of Summit on Snelling. Uh, yes, uh, just north of Summit on Snow. Just oh, just yep. north, just north. Yep. Yeah, that is correct. Right by I Cheap, know. right by Cheapo Records. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, right by Cheapo yeah. Records. And now, by that's uh, one of my favorite shops to frequent. That's where I go and and get my shelter dog of a Cannondale taken care of because you are the <laughs> Cannondale dealer. And Sam Sam is there. We love Sam Sam. Love um, Sam Sam. Now let's Sam get Sam. it. Let's get something clear out of the gates. And I guess both Aaron and I are guilty of this. Bringing. Bikes we sourced from elsewhere into your shop for service. Because <laughs> him with his scrappy dumpster, gutter, uh, <laughs> bargain basement. Rat rod. Hey, rat no. rod, bicycle frame. He brings it in hey, no. and has your 
elite technician, Sam Sam, service it. Uh-huh. And me, I'm always coming in because um, I always get my stuff kind of more off the back of the truck. That's my my <laughs> mode of operation with bikes. And uh, But I, I came in, I had Sam Sam build me, rebuild my S-Works Tarmac, which I then got rid of. He built my Cervelo R5, which then I got rid of. So we've both done that to you. How does that – let's just get into the feelings on that. No, 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 no. no. When a we good are- friend comes in. Devin, Devin, we have a very important task that you need to do right now, which is not interrogating Rich about his feelings about us screwing up. No, Richard. Boat. And and point two, I am purchasing a bicycle from now this year. So, Yeah, your mountain bike that you're going to get and not ride and then sell in two years? Yep. You just yeah. sold a fat bike you never rode. But yeah, tell me more about how you need a mountain bike you cannot ride. Def, def, back Anyways. on the track. Back on the track. Anyways, <laughs> Richard, Mr. Sherman, executive assistant, Mr. Sherman. Do you ride bicycles? I do. Okay. And this I have to ask in your case because you're one of these bike industry guys who I've seen never on a bicycle. I've literally never, ever seen you in a kit. I've never seen you near a bicycle except on the sales floor. Uh, typically, when you work in the bike shop, you ride at other times when the masses are not riding because you work in the bike shop. So mm-hmm. Saturday – afternoon rides aren't exactly available. So my ride mm-hmm. days are usually Wednesdays and Fridays. And you will never see me in a kit because, you know, it's just, I'm a little too lumpy for that. So my types of kits are a little looser fitting. Okay. And uh, Mr. Sherman, it is true that you are a father. Yes. Okay. Several times over. Several times. And when we say several, we mean six, six, Aaron, we got a new high water mark. Rich, this guy is. is doing numbers. I would I would say pole position, but that seems important. Oh, inappropriate! <laughs> this is a dad's podcast. That's inappropriate, Aaron. Okay, Aaron. Distasteful comment aside, Rich is all good to go. He's a dad. He rides a bike, even though that's kind of unverified. I've never seen a photo of him on a bicycle. I have ridden just... with Rich. I yes, I will. I will. I've ridden with Rich. It has been one of the most. And you know what bike I rode on that ride? Yeah, Evan? the Hey Duke. The fat bike. The, the fat you bike. just sold. That's yeah. right. Uh-huh. And the hey Duke. by yeah. the way, uh, the gentleman who purchased the fat bike, I'm completely blank on your name right now. I'm so sorry. Thank you for also being a listener of the podcast. Um, oh. That's pretty funny oh. to me. It was it was super rad. I hope you're enjoying the bike. And uh, I have a follow up message to him. No refunds. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It was uh, in great shape. He never wrote it. It's fine. Yeah, it was yeah. fantastic. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, so he has – and the Wednesday night rides that now, if you ever get a chance, those are just a blast, a hoot and a holler of a good time. Um, and that's yeah. – Aaron, you're referring to a Zwift ride or – Real Previous, in person. In the time hmm. before and in the time of future, there will be another one. We're all looking forward to getting back together with bikers. It is not time now, but you know, at some point in the future, we hope it is time. And for sure, on that note, Rich, you every time I come into the shop now and we talk, you're telling me about, you know, we, we always so as a dad, right, time is short and working in the industry, even even more so, right, that time is incredibly short for getting out there and, and getting your rides done. But you know, yeah. what's great about working at a shop is the the discount you get the ability to purchase the the nicest bikes and you should right? you want to be showing off the best product you have. 
So right. what is the bike that you've been telling me about? Can you just share with our listeners this sick ride that you will be taking yeah. out on the Wednesdays uh, coming up? So I've been an e-mountain biker for the last about three years. Um, I kind of hopped on one at a on a whim for a Wednesday night ride um, about three years ago, and I really enjoyed it. And so I've been riding e-mountain bikes <clears throat> kind of ever since. And uh, the bike that I have coming this year, which just landed at the shop, still in a box, uh, is called the Orbea Rise. And uh, the model I'll be riding is called the Limited. Ooh. It's about a 35, 37-pound E full suspension. So very, very excited about this new trail bike. Uh, most of my riding, to be perfectly frank, will be commuting from my house to the shop. Uh, and then once or twice a week, hope to get out on the local trails as much as I can. That's good. It's very, yeah, yeah, very cool bike. Very lightweight, rides like a mountain bike, doesn't ride like a big, heavy e-bike. So really excited about it. And that, that bad boy, you're putting on some uh, uh, pretty sick carbon wheels, correct? Yeah. So the bike that I chose to ride this year comes, well, it helps keep it so light as it comes pretty well equipped. So full XTR. Uh, with race face carbon hoops, uh, full carbon handlebar system, um, obviously full carbon frame, and uh, the lightest next generation of Shimano motors called the EP8. And this one is specially tuned for Bay, so it's called the RS. And uh, all that together makes a real light, fancy, fun little bike. That, way nice, way nicer than I deserve. Well, I, I don't know about that, but it is, it is a sick ride. And yeah. you are, you've clued in on the thing that while I was managing a shop, I did not get clued on to, which is you need to be using and riding and utilizing your best products across the board, because that's the stuff you want to be selling. That's the stuff that, uh, you know, yeah. is the best experience. I was on this dumb qu- quixotic quest of like, no, 105 is good. One of five, one of five is enough for you while I was working at the shop. So while I had the ability to make the nice purchases, I was, I don't know, altruistic. And, uh, and speaking, speaking of how's your shop doing there, pal? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Are you talking yeah. to me or talking to I'm him? talking about, I'm talking to my co-host who put his shop right out of business. Oh, I thought you were doing like a real good transition into what we wanted to talk good. to Rich. And instead and you, made it, a, you made it, you made it a hit. And then he, I'm doing and a hit he, on you. You did a hit on me. He, and then he devined it. Yep. Yeah. That's just what happened. <laughs> There's a phrase that I, I use and I haven't used it on the cast. This is the first time. I'm going to use it a lot. It is uh, devergy is what I what I like to say. So whenever there's a thing I find that seems to remind me of my uh, beloved uh, host, uh, I will I will call it out as as having high levels of devergy. Uh, that was a lot of devergy, uh, just to just to be clear. Um no, Aaron, no, the shop no, no longer Aaron, exists. Aaron, Rest in Aaron. peace, Omnium Bike Shop. I miss Rest you. Rest in peace. Forever in our hearts. Yeah. Aaron, let's peace. talk to Rich. Uh, Rich, mm. speak to the purists, the old school purists, who have nothing but derision and disdain for e-bikes. And explain mm. to us, they're not the great Satan. They're not cheating. They're not They're not a problem. They're. They're opening a lot of doors, and they're keeping people really engaged. So talk to us about e-bikes. You know, you brought up both sides of the conversation. So for the most part, the e-bike segment is growing leaps and bounds because you're right. It's absolutely giving access to people for a variety of reasons to help them enjoy cycling more. Whether you're riding with your partner and they're a much stronger cyclist than you, whether you're 
uh, the older one in the group and everybody's much younger than you, whether you want to ride further or, or get off the bike and feel, you know, more energetic because you didn't just spend it all on the bike. And the, anybody I've ever put on an e-bike for a test ride, even if they're a hater, right? Even if they're one of those doubters, you know, they always come back with a smile on their face and having had a great time. Now, whether that great time is for them or not is for them to decide. But usually the true hardcore um, purists who aren't really into them really just haven't taken the time to understand what they're for, or who they're for, or, or or having never ridden one, kind of what it brings to the party that's a little different. Yeah, it's fun to go out there and work so hard that your gums bleed, you know what I mean? And for some people, that's what cycling is. For me, cycling was always about time with friends, adventures, doing fun things, going fun places. And if I can do that further or faster with my e-bike and still have that same experience, then even better. You know, and I think a lot of our e-bike clients that are buying like a, a nice uh, woman, Margaret, who I helped last night, she just wants to have a great time on a bike. And the studies have shown that for those that are concerned about your workout, that you're actually getting a very similar type of workout as if you were on your manual bike or analog bike or whatever you want to call non-e-bikes these days. Wasn't there one study that showed, you know, for like an hour of mountain biking, um, traditional bike to e-bike some some of the participants even averaged a higher heart rate on the e-bike and that's what i mean when i say keeping people engaged so it's like maybe being on the e-bike you're going a little faster you're more instead of feeling like ah here i am again yeah Yeah, it's not a slog anymore you're zipping along and you're by staying more engaged you're actually getting more quality out of your hour of riding and yeah, and for me, whether it's commuting to work and getting off and having my 10 hour day of crazy bike shop life or mm-hmm. or vice versa, coming home to my family and still needing to make dinner or or put kids to bed or whatever the case may be. The e-bike allows me to retain that extra energy that I need to either start or end my day, you know, as a as a professional and as a as a parent. So whereas in the past, I'd go on a three to five hour ride, 40 miles on the mountain bike, put it all out there come home just shredded you know um this allows me to still do those same fun things but come home and still or go to work and still be uh feeling up and feeling energetic and not having to go take a nap you know yeah and i think e-bikes just like zwift you know i i'm i tease aaron about zwift um and i'm right to do so but (laughs) if it's a way if it's a safe really controlled environment and it's a way for people to feel competitive on a bike and that helps them stay engaged with cycling or it helps boost fitness. Yeah. That's all, that's all that counts. You know, you can right. be a purist like, Oh, it's not a crit unless it's a crit. Yeah. Okay. That's a fine whatever. Yeah. But if it's, if for Aaron, if 20 minutes, if he gets way more value out of his 20 minutes by being on Zwift, you know, then that's, that's something, that's a th- real thing of value. Well, I think I definitely, the one the one thing that I think that e-bikes go up against that cycling has, I don't think a lot of other hobbies have, is this sense of like, one of the reasons we really struggle to bring new people in the sport and the thing that I really want to fight against because I've seen it firsthand is this idea that if it is not what I was taught or brought up doing, it's not somehow legit. Like a great example is when gravel cycling first came out and in the roadie groups, there was a lot of like, well, you know, I'm not going to do Almanzo because I'm going to go out and do Ken Woods. I'm going to go out and do, you know, actual road racing. 
And Chris Scogan, right, the founder of Almanzo, and, you know, he really had this great uh, idea of let's democratize, right? Let's just bring this to the masses, this idea of you can get on a bike and you can have an accomplishment and it doesn't have to be one, two, you know, three steps on the podium. It can be, I finished this big ride and it was a big deal for me. And that blew up, right? And I think the same, in the same line, it's, it's 30 days of biking. When that first came out, I remember, you know, Pat Stevenson, what a, what an amazing thing 30 days of biking has been for so many people. But in the, in the, you know, the cool cycling groups, there was this idea, you know, well, why not 365 days of biking? Like it's, (laughs) it's stuff like that, that I really hate because it is similar to e-biking. Well, you're not actually riding a bike. It's like, well, they are, you know, and and you're just, you're closed off to it. I think because of that, I mean, look, a lot of people talk about like the UCI and how bikes really haven't fundamentally changed. It's because curmudgeonly thinking is like in our DNA as cycling, right? Like we don't, we don't allow ourselves to grow. Um, uh, and, uh, so yeah, I think I, uh, honestly, uh, Devin, amazing e-bike conversation, completely out of left field, uh, showing a depth of like emotion and understanding that I didn't know you had, uh, but well done. Well, well any, well if, if e-bikes are a platform to get more people riding, yeah, like it's a win for everyone. Truly yeah. everyone wins. So talking about getting more people riding, Rich, the thing that I was the most excited about talking, I mean, I'm really excited just to have you on the cast, but the, the thing I really wanted to talk to you about is a I lot of- I still don't understand why you're so excited to have my friend on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my best friend, Rich. Um, so- <laughs> Rich, uh, uh, a, a lot of dads who listen to this podcast, right? They're probably wondering why uh, there's a global pandemic going on. And for the last two seasons, they bring their bike to the shop and they're hearing it's going to be a month. It's going to be two months. I can't get that for you. That's out of stock. What's what's going on? And, and how can you know we as consumers, because I know that if we help out the people who are working at the shop, we're going to be taken care of too. So how mm-hmm. does a, a dad who's just trying to get his bike fixed up or buy a new bike, how do they come to you in a way that, you know, makes you want to kind of take care of them and help them more as opposed to, you know, being upset or maybe being like, well, if you can't take care of my bike for two months, I'm going to go somewhere else sort of thing. Right. Uh, that's a question I get asked a lot um, because there's, certain media channels that are talking about it and everybody wants to talk about how great the bike industry is doing, which I know everybody's coffers are full, obviously, but the flip side is every chain in the command of supply chain is, is a broken link currently. Uh, it starts with three times the demand of product due to COVID and our increased attention to outdoor sports, whether it be canoeing or biking or camping or whatever. And so really the key to success, because bike shops are struggling with inventory, what's coming in is going out so fast that we're pre-selling what's coming in. So even the stuff that's coming in is now becoming unavailable as customers or clients of ours are are reserving the product that they want for the season. And so I think in understanding with the consumer that, hey, things are a little rough right now, we can definitely take care of you, but pre-planning and patience are definitely going to be the keys to having a more relaxed experience within our store or with any bike store during a very crazy time in the bike industry. We're in a, we're in an, a novel experience in the bike industry. This has never happened before. Um, three times the demand for the same amount of product, shipping delays, container problems, port problems, 
raw material problems, Shimano problems, SRAM problems. I mean, it just keeps going and going and going. And, and really the solution is plan ahead, come in before it gets warm, be patient and open to alternative ideas to maybe what you have in your mind and uh, find a shop that'll be, take the time to work with you. Cause whether people understand what's happening in the bike industry supply chain or not, we treat every client the same way. Hey, we want to help you, but here are the, the roads to success for that. If you want this certain Cervelo, guess what? It's available in June. If you want one, we need to plan for that bike because it'll sell before it gets here in June. And so that kind of, those conversations are a little tough, but if you just speak with accuracy, you know, under promise over deliver type scenario, you'll be able to still maintain a high level of customer satisfaction because open communication and understanding about what's going on from the shop to the consumer. And then the consumer needs to choose to accept that and, and maybe strategize for their service or purchase needs for the season. You know? So the customer who's going to be most bent out of shape in this climate is the classic, my Iron Man is this weekend. Yeah. I need new brake pads, new chain. You have to do a full tune-up. Yes. It has to, and I have a hard deadline because of my Iron Man, and you will be doing this. And so that's the person who's going to. There, there, there are, if, if we run across that client, you know, you kindly explain the situation and hopefully they understand and, and go and cause there's enough service departments here that aren't as busy as mine, that it's possible an alternative location would expedite their needs. And we refer people to other shops all the time for that same reason. It's really up to the shop to set the climate. So what my what Sam Sam and the guys in the service department have done very well is as we communicate with clients, we let them know of lengthy turnaround times, making appointments, making appointments for June and July for their pre-race checkovers so that it's already on the calendar and there doesn't have to be a panic, you know? And I think it's up to the shop and the industry as a whole to express that. So even those, even that client who, maybe isn't paying attention quite as much and doesn't understand and needs that fast turnaround, maybe they get to hear it from somebody else and they make plans in the future because that is going to be the one client who's going to have a problem. But I would say not a super common problem, right? I think most people are planning ahead. Yeah, and, and I think the thing that you you got at um, that really struck a chord with me is the under-promise, over-deliver. Um, yeah. And I think shops in general just in my experience when, you know, we had a lot, we had a plethora of bike shops and it, it what was so interesting to me is going into 2020, I thought we were going to see a culling. I thought we were going to see a lot of smaller shops kind of go away, me you know, too. uh, and, and so it's so interesting to see these now small, <laughs> these smaller shops now blow up or, you know, uh, really, really grow in this time. But the thing that we've always mm -hmm. struggled with during that time is over promising and under delivering because you're trying to get the sale, right? Right. You're trying to you're trying to sell that bike. You're trying to move move that shoe. You're trying to get whatever you can off the floor to make your money so you can pay back Q or pay back you know Olympic or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so you do naturally kind of overpromise and underdeliver. And you know that's something that in my experience, the shops that I go to now included, you guys you know always underpromise. And that's I'm so much happier knowing that because I know that occasionally I get a surprise like oh my bike's done in a week instead of two 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think the other thing that people don't realize is like it's stressful right now for people working on bikes. Uh, oh, yeah. There's not a lot of really good mechanics out there because it doesn't, you know, if you have the talents to be a good bicycle mechanic, I mean, you could go and be an auto mechanic or you could go and do, you know, other kind of very mechanical engineering type things and get way more right. money. People are there because they love it. And I think that's something that people should kind of keep top of mind is, you know, right. you're very lucky to be working with someone who knows what they're doing. You're lucky yeah. to be with Sam Sam. How many times can we shout out Sam Sam in this podcast? Uh, the more the merrier, because I am lucky to have a friend and coworker like Sam Sam. He's a great mechanic and he's really uh, stepped up our service department and, and runs a and runs a good shop. So I'm very my chefs, my mechanics, Doug, Sam Sam, Pat, Kieran, um, Fox, those guys are the lifeblood of what we do. I mean, really, they truly are. Without them, I'm 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 just a widget salesman, you know. But they make the Damn Ferraris. <laughs> Thank you, sir. They make the Ferraris work like Ferraris. And if you can't claim that, what are you doing? You know, like you need to re-examine what you're doing if you can't claim that. So um, they are super crucial to what we do. And especially they're taking the volume workload. We took in a week's worth of repairs on Saturday. Wow. And every day since then has been another two to four days where the repairs, booking appointments and coming in. I mean, we went from a week and a half out to a month out in literally three days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so those guys do, those guys take the load. And that's a good point is to a lot of people who hear the bike industry is doing super well, think that that means that we're making more money, <laughs> which in a perfect world, if I were a smart guy, that's the case. Right. But we don't, we just work three times as hard for the same money. And so coming into your shop, your local shop, not necessarily just mine, but everyone with some appreciation that they've been there through the entire pandemic and are about to get their butts kicked for another season consecutively, you know? And so that's a really good uh, suggestion. It's just not that you need to like, you know, kiss butt or, or placate anybody, but just, you know, patience and understanding is really all it takes. Yeah. Well, and just saying, you know, taking the time to say thank you for your service. You're a national treasure. You are a hero. <laughs> yes, that would also be nice. And, you know, if you can't, if you don't want to say words, just bring beer. That's just all. Bring beer. Just bring, bring beer. beer. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Beer, donuts. I mean, yep. just, just the little candy, pizza, pretty yeah. much anything, pretty much yeah. anything. hummus, you know, whatever hum- you're into. Hummus. <laughs> Sam, Sam. He knows he has, with the gentlest of suggestions, he can get online and just be like, oh, Devin, haven't seen you in a while. And he knows I will be at the shop the next day with a six pack like, hi, Sam, Sam, here's your beer. He has a lot of influence. He's yes, got he you. does. He's got he you. Does. He knows how to say the right things. Um, just real quick, guys. You're hearing me right now? Yeah. Okay, good. Because my, my screen thing isn't popping up. Um, is, is there anything else, Rich, that you'd kind of like to say, uh, to folks who are listening uh, about, you know, again, dealing with shops during this kind of unprecedented time, um, uh, or, or just, you know, what, whatever it's like insight you can give us because you've been in the industry for how long now? 38 Um, years, 47 years. (laughs) Not quite that. Uh, I started in 1996. So... However long that is. A little bit of time. A little bit of time. Aaron but was I three. Took a, 
Arian was three years old that year. <laughs> I, I was took eight. a hiatus. I took a hiatus in the middle there to go sell cars, but uh, came back for a much happier, healthier career and lifestyle. It was uh, it was nice. So as far as there's a lot of options for shops. If you don't have a tight relationship with one, do a little homework, like finding any service, you know, services, finding one that fits for you. So if you're, if you're having frustrations with a bike shop, know that there are a lot of options out there that might be a better fit for you, you know, and then going in there with just the understanding that things are crazy. And if you can be patient and, uh, and, and, and maybe flexible in what you need or how you need it, uh, or when you need it for that matter. Um, then I think you can pave the road to a really successful, fun bike shop experience. If you find yourself butting heads with your local shop and like the parts aren't coming in in time, or you can't get your bike in time, or they have no inventory, you know, shop around and find a shop that's a better fit for you because it doesn't have to be that way. Not all shops are the same. We all have incredibly different personalities. Uh, and I think that's one of the assets of the bike industry, but also one of our downsides, which is the inconsistent experience between stores and customers thinking that they're locked into that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and customers, I, if you haven't been to a lot of shops, they may think that we're all the same way, you know, and, and, and we're not. I really, I love that you're touching on that point because I think that something I've enjoyed uh, coming from working at a shop and then kind of coming out of it is I've always had that like, ability to understand how to foster a good relationship with my shop. Right. And, uh, as a, as a cycling dad, like you're struggling for time to ride the bike. Let's not add time to like get the bike to a rideable state. You know what I mean? Like think ahead, make a plan, make sure that relationship is good because that relationship can, you know, that can cost you hours of time just or, or days or weeks waiting for the parts and trying to get right. it going. And, buying the right bike, you know, it's, it, I think it really is an undervalued relationship. I think a lot of people immediately go into the whole customer is always right mindset. And so they just think like, this is the shop that's closest to where I live, or this is the shop that's closest to, or my brother recommended this shop. I'm going to use this shop as opposed to right. thinking about like, do I vibe with the people who work here? Do I enjoy coming into the shop? You know, I love going yep. into now it's, it's always a great experience for me. Um, and I have that at a lot of shops to be honest, but but now specifically is, is kind of my shop now. So it's, um, yeah, that's, that's a great uh, point to bring up. Um, yeah. so we're, I'm super bummed. We're kind of, we're, we're getting to the end of the, uh, uh, cast. Um, but, uh, we have our one final question mm-hmm. always for everyone. And I'm, I'm kind of interested to hear what you have to say about this, uh, Rich. Um, it's not a bike ride for me if I'm not drinking coffee on it, even if it's indoors on Zwift, it's just not a, not a bike ride, right? I need the, the good, good Brown liquid. Um, what is, is coffee a necessity for you on a ride? Is there something else that you really kind of just enjoy being a part of your riding, uh, experience? Uh, keep in mind, this is a very, (laughs) this is a family show, rich family show, family show, rich. So so why did you go with that? Cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, bike industry in the nineties, I've heard stories. (laughs) E-bikes aren't the only thing that make the pedals go. go. Let's just, let's just stick with coffee. Do you, do you have to have coffee on the ride or do you? Yeah. So 
So being my rides are off of traditional hours, it's typically an afternoon evening ride. So for us, it's not the coffee, it's a beer. So carrying a backpack, having a couple beers, you know, taking a normal length ride, 20, 30, 40 mile ride and breaking it up into thirds with a beer stop or just a place to sit and chill and, you know, talk about life. It's kind of more about the adventure. So like one of my favorite rides was riding from the shop, kind of bike pathing it out to Theodore Worth along, you know, all the regular routes to get out that way, ride some single track at the park. And this is when the trail center had a restaurant. We'd stop, have some food, grab a beer, talk, and then recharge a little bit and then do the ride back to St. Paul. That to me is, is a, is a successful ride. You know, it's not about putting your head down for 50 miles straight. It's more about the adventure along the way and all the experiences you have. Oh, that sounds like a great route. I, lo- I love yeah. that. I should, uh, I should get that from you and we can put it up on the Facebook page. Yeah, it's super. So Rich, if I could summarize what you're saying is life is about the journey, not the destination. It's a little both. It's oh, that's a little a good both. Because at the end of the ride, I'm happy to be back at the shop because my ass hurts and it's been 40 miles and several beers and you're just ready to be done. So the destination and, can sometimes be just as enjoyable. And Rich, can I go out on a limb and guess your favorite book is Eat, Pray, Love? <laughs> you know, I don't know if I have a favorite book, to be honest with you, but I don't think it's that one. <laughs> I do, which is for our listeners, and I'm sorry to call you out like this, Rich, uh, yeah. uh, being being my best man. Um, you do have a, a scripted believe plaque uh, behind your head. I don't think it's currently there, but at, at no, the no, no, I saw it too. It's true. This oh, is oh, sorry, blessed, verified. blessed, yes, blessed. Uh, yes, I am married. And, uh, I yep. don't do the decorating in my house. And so, uh, and this is my 20 year old doing a little jig. Hi. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I like the motivational sayings. It both makes me feel like I'm shopping at home goods and that I'm taken care of. It's a good feeling. It's a yes. good, it's like you're shopping at home goods, but you also have like, uh, like a Starbucks like a wrap cookie. in your hand. Yeah. Or a warm or a cookie. Warm co- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. And Rich, before we let you go today, we have, I, I actually, Aaron, if you could just step, stand back and stand by for a moment, please, Aaron. I'm, I'm still, I'm, Thank you. I can't leave. Oh no, I can't believe you just said that. Now, Rich, <laughs> as you know, the Cool Dad Cycling Club, founded by myself, co-founded by Aaron, this is the official <laughs> podcast of the club. Yes. We've been teasing it and it's coming pretty darn soon. A kit. Okay. Oh, you're not talking about our beer? I thought because nope. we were just talking about nope. beer. Oh, we uh, uh, about... uh, oh, there's beer too? Yes. Our beer is getting better. <laughs> That's fine. Okay, so Rich, we're just, I'm here, I'm uh, taking pre-orders. So how many can I, how many kits can I put you down for? Right. Is this going to be a retailable item or do they have to be dude, a member? Dude, they aren't, they aren't freaking Girl Scout cookies. Okay, come on, man. It's not like, can I put you down for five boxes of blue? Rich, how many? God. Well, well, here's what I'm thinking, boys. If this is something you're trying to launch and get, like, you know, other cool dads to wear, what if uh, we talked about stocking a few at the shop? I'm, I'm liking that idea. I am Did you that just idea. parry my sales attempt by trying with, to sell what I'm selling? But with a bigger number, yes. Wow. Have you not been paying attention to the wow. whole podcast? Rich is like sales ninja, dude. Like I, <laughs> the acumen on this guy. Wow. 
He's got us. We're both sales guys. I get a, you know, one of the cool things about the bike industry is that I get to connect with a lot of really cool people. That's one of my favorite parts. And I think you guys are maybe like-minded in this way where the people are as big a part of it or bigger for me than the widgets, you know, or the, or the adventure it's about the connection. Right. And I have a lot of really cool cycling dads that shop at my store that like, we talk about being dads and finding time to ride and what's going on with our kids and all that stuff. So I well, to be frank, like a- to be frank, Rich, we were, you are the last cycling dad that we were able to find that was willing to get on a podcast. So if you could, <laughs> if you could see if they could, you know, maybe talk to us a little bit, we could put up like a sign up sheet at the shop and, uh, I bet you could get a couple cause, uh, it's a broad spectrum of folks and it's really quite interesting. A sign up sheet. I, and let's, I mean, let's just, uh, there's a lot to negotiate there. We're going to talk about margins. <laughs> oh, we got God. a lot of business and a lot of numbers to crunch there. Uh, vol- yeah. Sales volume we can expect. <laughs> um, but Rich, let's just sign off. And if you could just, because it's been pretty contentious today. If you could just real quick say who you would rather ride with, me or, me or Aaron. <laughs> oh. You have your pick, okay? Who's who gets the call first? What? Well, Devin, lovable, low key, friendly, nice, oh, great hair, yeah. Devin, or <laughs> or Aaron. I'm wearing a hat because I don't have hair. Um, I would call Aaron. Wow. Yeah, I would call Aaron because um, I trust my emotions ah! and feelings. I trust. <laughs> I trust my emotions and feelings with Aaron, whereas you, it's so raw that sometimes I get hurt. Devin is, has, Devin has left the podcast. Um, and this is a great place for us to <laughs> end he it. Just, did he just hang up on us? He did. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Rich. Well, I, you're welcome. Sir. This has that been, this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm going to sign off to you, but <laughs> I will uh, be seeing you uh, this weekend. That sounds great, buddy. I'll see you then. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what we're up to. Our next episode comes out Monday, March 15th.